we're sort of making uh, fucking up a habit on this podcast, Matt. We fucked up again. Yes, we did. We did. We did. We realized right afterwards. Yeah. We got so passionate towards the end of the episode. This is a good episode, freaks. We, we, we high-fived after we hit uh, end record after this episode, but we forgot to mention that we're recording a live episode of Rabbit Hole Recap next week at the Bitcoin 2019 conference. On the rooftop. On the roof to end it out. It's a beer garden on the rooftop. So a few freaks have been on the fence of whether or not you're going to be go. Maybe this is a little bit of an incentive to push you towards the conference. If you use the code TFTC25, you're going to get 25% off your tickets. And hey, we're going to be doing it live. We have no idea what's going to happen. We had one live show before in early January for the 10-year anniversary. It was a, a fuck ton of fun. Five, price is up 3x since. Five, price is up 3x since. Five, uh, five drink Matt came out. He might come out next week. We don't nah, know. He's not, maybe four drink Matt. Okay, we'll find out. Um, but I'm pumped for the conference, are you? Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. I hope to see plenty of you there. Yeah. Um, so, again, Bitcoin 2019 conference, uh, TFTC 25, if you guys want uh, 25% off that. Cheers. Cheers. What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here. On a Wednesday night, off night for a rabbit hole recap, sitting down with Matt on a gloomy, rainy uh, Wednesday night. What's going on, dude? I'm excited to be here, lot, as usual. A lot to talk about. Um, before we jump in to what we have to talk about, uh, we are at block 581,487, according to my uh, my node, which was launched via Pierre Rochard's node launcher. Shout out, Pierre. And uh, according to the trade block XPX index, the price of Bitcoin is $9,168.52. And this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by Unchained Capital. You freaks know all about them. They have the two of three multi-sig vault program, excuse me, uh, product that allows you to store uh, your Bitcoin. And Unchained will be one key in that two of three multi-sig. And if you ever need their help to sign, uh, you can tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, will you sign this for me? I'm trying to move some coin. They're there for you via the vault service. They also have their, their lending service on the other side. And eventually, you'll be able to, to use your Bitcoin in your vault to take out U.S. dollar denominated loans so you don't have to sell your Bitcoin and avoid those tax events. And then on top of this, if you freaks are going to sign up now, you're going to get three free months of Safety Moses, the Bitcoin standard <coughs> research bulletin. Go to unchained-capital.com slash vaults. Unchained-capital.com slash vaults. Also brought to you by the Cash App. Cash App hot in the news this week. It's been hot for the last two years. Number one app in the finance store as you freaks know, for the last two years. First P2P payments app to let you buy and sell Bitcoin and send to a personal wallet. And now they're rolling it out. You can send it from your own personal wallet back to the app if you ever need <coughs> to, to sell Bitcoin or fund your cash card uh, with, some, with some digital cash. So that's, uh, that's rolling out. I have it. We'll talk about this in a little bit further in the episode. Uh, so go download the Cash App. Take advantage of their boost program. Uh, they, like I said last week, they rolled out da- DoorDash and Popeyes are a new boost. So you go save money there. Um, yeah, it's a cool card. Personalize it. Put your signature. Go to your local app store. Download the Cash App. Matt. Howdy. Howdy. Hot week. Are you, free- are you, you feeling, uh, you feeling tired of the Libra talk already? Yeah, that burnt out like within a couple hours. Well, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, we're about to, uh. We're about to bring it back up and probably talk about it for a good bit here. So for you freaks that probably already know, Facebook has come out and uh, launched their, what did they, they launch? They, they launched a, a blog and uh, a GitHub page about, uh, and a test net for their 
You're on like a splash website. Yes, for Libra. They announced it. They formally announced. Formally announced it. So it looks like it's it's a quasi SDR they're looking to create. Well, the first thing that's really important is they went with Libra, right? Yes. Not Global Coin. They went with Libra. Uh, smart move. Smart Way move. Name. Uh, really coming at the Winklevi there. Bold move, I think. Um, Gemini versus Libra. Gemini versus Libra. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about it a little bit. They they came out so the basically the plans for it, it's 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 funny they market it as a blockchain, but if you go read the white paper, they very clearly say it's not a blockchain. They're using uh, Byzantine fault tolerance consensus mechanism created by VMware or something like that. It's called hot stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's not a blockchain. In any way, it's not a chain of blocks. It's not using proof of work or anything like it's that. It's like an account model, right? Where it shows. Yes, it's more. It's more similar to Ethereum in that in that regards, where it's an account model. But Ethereum actually has blocks. Yes. This um, doesn't actually have blocks. No, and then on top of that, it's something uh, another thing that Ethereum did that Libra is also doing. They created their own scripting language. Um, would they call it Move? What Libras? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's called Move or something like that. Similar to Go. Um, but yeah, so they create their own scripting language. And the plan is uh, the the Libra will be a stable coin uh, that is backed by a basket of other currencies and financial assets. Um, so they're creating like a quasi-SDR, which is a basket of currencies that the IMF uh, uses sometimes. They could even potentially hold Bitcoin at some point. At some point. It is digital cash. and So it's not really a stable coin. It's like it'll fluctuate in value, apparently. No, I, th- I think the way I understand it, it'll be something where the the value st- stays stable, and they're basically working with the assets in in the underlying basket to but to make sure it stays stable, like buying and selling those assets to keep the peg. To keep the peg at one dollar, to peg it to one dollar. That's what I would imagine. They can't. They don't have a free float, right? I, I'm pretty sure they do. It seems. It seems like that's how people are interpreting it. I think I've seen people interpret as a Trojan horse to eventually get to a free float, um, where they'll they'll just posture that they're trying to keep the peg via the basket, um, but eventually just let the coin float on its own. We shall see. We shall see if it ever ever even comes to fruition. So it might not even launch. It might not even launch. So it just came out right before we hit record that uh, the uh, House Finance Committee is calling Facebook into their or they're having a hearing about Facebook coin July seventeenth. So it's uh, it's drawn the ire of Congress. It's funny that Bitcoin uh, for the last decade is is sort of been ignored uh, by everyone except for Brad Sherman at the at the Congress level, congressional level. But as soon as Facebook Libra comes out. Uh, their alarms are going off, and and that's brought up a lot of discussion. Is this similar to something like Liberty Reserve? Is that what Facebook's trying to do? And is is it like a, a huge dick flex by Facebook? Like, are they very confident in themselves and making a very bold move on the geopolitical um, stage? Like, what what is this? Is this something like? Is it similar to Liberty Reserve? Should it be shut down? Is it like a, very much like a cryptocurrency? Still, still very vague. What's interesting here is, well, first of all, what Facebook announced, do they have like 25 partners or something already? Yes, Visa, MasterCard, Uber. Tons of heavy hitters. PayPal. I think eBay is there. Yes. Um, U- I think USV. Yeah, yeah a bunch some... of VCs. Anderson Har- Andresine Horowitz is there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, what is it going to be? Like, is, is it... 
it sort of reminds me of R3 and those consor- consortiums. Yeah, I mean, in the, those never launched. But they, they never got to that fully fleshed out of a plan. Like, R3 and stuff was supposed to be a private blockchain, right? Like, this is supposed to be publicly accessible to some degree, it seems. Um, and people keep... We don't really know exactly what they're looking for here because people keep going back and forth um, about whether or not you're going to need to pay that $10 million up to, to run the note. And then there's this other thing which we had talked about in the discussion earlier uh, in previous episodes um, about just because they're giving $10 million doesn't mean that's... That'll be the total market cap of the basket? Well, no, no, no. They're giving $10 million, but they're getting tokens in return for the $10 million. And those tokens are security tokens that are for a piece. I think it's for voting power and a piece of the revenues of the network. Um, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But but yeah, this is why like decentralization is important, right? Like I, the government can easily stop this. They could just tell Facebook they can't do it. Well, it seems like they're posturing like they may do that. Um, but this is a bold move by Facebook. And a lot of people on the interweb have been uh have been saying that this is this is sort of the death knell of the mindset that government and central bank run currencies are the end all be all like facebook coming out and saying hey we're going to create a currency even though bitcoin has been doing that for the last decade maybe it's the the catalyst for which uh the the masses uh awaken to the fact that there is a free market for currencies at the moment. The difference here with like uh, Liberty Reserve or any of the stable coins like Gemini or, or Tether or whatnot, those are all just we keep a dollar in the bank and we give you a dollar digital. Um, this is, I'm pretty sure this is a free floating basket. And I'm not sure how that will work out. And I, I, I do at least applaud them for keeping it interesting. Um, so we can like watch it all unfold. Uh, they also, I mean, I, I think if this, if the U S government does let them go through, they're obviously going to make them do like full KYC, full AML regulations, whatnot. So you have like this, a similar situation as all the other issues we have with these centralized platforms where people get deplatformed, they get blocked, they get censored, they get tracked. Yeah. Um, so it clearly doesn't compete with Bitcoin. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Let's make that clear. It doesn't compete with Bitcoin. It, and that's what's, like you said, you're you're happy they made it interesting. And it is very interesting because they're really competing with the the mainstream currencies. The your Yeah, they're actually trying to make like a quasi-corporate central bank is what they're doing. Like, yeah. That's a pretty bold fucking move. Right. You know, and so like as much as like I hate Zuckerberg, like that's, you know, that takes balls. And especially going like this whole consortium approach, like he's playing for keeps. He's not. Yeah, he's like, not dicking around with just you know, because he could easily have just launched a fiat uh, USD stablecoin, just you know, put a hundred million dollars in a bank account, print a hundred million tokens, issue them on Stellar. That would have been super easy for him to do. It was. It's funny that you, you're not funny, but I love that you mentioned like the consortium, like all the partners. Like, is this a corporate coup on on like government money? Like having Mastercard, Visa, PayPal, Uber, some of the biggest VC funds. When they get pulled in front of the House Service or House Financial Committee, eventually, are they going to be able to be like, "Look, we've got all these incredible American corporations that are in on this. Are you really going to deny uh, sort of the bread and butter of what makes American 
America run, which is a lot of these companies. I think what they really fucked up with is Facebook, rightfully so, has a really bad image right now in America. So they should have just been a minor consortium member. You know, like they should have had Visa propose it or something like that. They should have started with just, oh, we'll do a fiat backed. And then once once they have that U.S. dollar one out, then, you know, start messing around with free floating ones when you already have the whole infrastructure in place. Like they were a little bit too, uh, it looks like they, they were a little bit too bold with it, um, which also kind of reminds me of the whole Kin ordeal where they just, they thought they're like above the law. And, um, you know, if you, if you take steps too far, like the government will, you know, eventually step in. All right, let's put some odds on this. What, uh, what are your odds of it actually launching within the next year? Well, they, so they, they said they're going to launch in 2020 is their initial, okay. right? January, 2020 or something. All right. Let's change the, uh, they probably won't by the end of 2020. What are the odds? Is it like 20%? Yeah, I would put it even lower. I'd say like yeah. 10%. I don't know. Just because it's like a pretty fleshed out plan to begin with. Um, yeah, I, the only way they, they don't is if, if, if the U.S. Gov blocks it. And, you know, I think there's, you know, uh, a bunch of people posted. I know Ty posted that uh, E-Corp uh, Mr. Robot Let's clip. Let's shout out Mr. Robot for providing us with ammo years ago for this situation it's it's perfect and that's the argument they'll make right so this is going to be fully regulated you'll know everyone who's transacting you'll be able to try like we'll bend over backwards for you it'll be you know your your currency as well and i i think like that's like a decent argument especially as like a way to potentially try and defang bitcoin do you think it could defang Bitcoin though? No, I don't think so. But I, I don't I don't think they realize yet like the implications of Bitcoin. No. Certainly not. Um which segues us segues us into our next topic, which is Cash App uh opening up deposits, which we talked about in the ad. Disclaimer, Cash App sponsor of this podcast. Uh uh Which we talked about in the ad. <laughs> yeah. Um they uh but they opened up deposits and it's funny to see the di- dichotomy of the the uh the approach facebook has taken this to to square and cash uh you have two tech titans and zuckerberg and jack dorsey who started two the two biggest social networks in the world and they're going completely different routes and it seems that cash app is uh is sort of getting that bitcoin has has uh, bigger implications than than some might realize at this point yeah, I mean, Cash App's clearly going, you know, Square seems to be going heavy in the Bitcoin direction. They've, they're very focused. Um, I think the big thing about this deposits, uh, the, you, you always could withdraw Bitcoin from Square, but now from Cash App, but now you can also deposit Bitcoin to Cash App. And then once you're in there, you can sell it for U.S. dollars and you can use that in the Cash App ecosystem. So you can either send that to a person or you can use that through your cash card, right? And that's a Visa debit. You can use it anywhere Visa is accepted. Yeah, you could even send Bitcoin straight to Cash Appers now if they had their deposits open. They could just send you their address. Oh, right. You can just withdraw to their address. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so the the big thing here, I think, is is that for the longest time we've had altcoiners' main arguments against Bitcoin are um, they, they want lower fees. They want the transactions to be faster. 
and they want there to be less volatility. Um, and you get all three, three of those things through Cash App with this feature. Now, the issue is there's a trade-off there that all those things trade off with censorship resistance. They, they trade off with you know distribution and decentralization, censorship resistance. So alt, those altcoins that have gone that route, the low fee route, the fast transactions, have made that trade off and they still and they can't compete with Cash App, so they they're already they're becoming centralized. They're inevitably going to be even more centralized, and Cash App is just like we're just fully centralized, and you get you know low uh, no fee transactions, no volatility, instant basically. Yeah, no, and it's important to talk about these trade offs, and we this is a heavy topic of this podcast throughout the years is is the trade offs with the services they use, and yes, no that there are trade offs when you use Cash App. They KYC AMLU. In fact, when you initially enable your deposits, you have to answer some questions about where your income's coming from and who you work for and stuff like that. So just be aware of that. It's like four questions. Yeah, four questions, pretty straightforward. Um, pretty benign in my in my opinion. But it's like normal KYC. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it comes with trade offs. They're gonna know you. They're gonna know where your UTXOs are coming from when you're sending them to uh, the Cash App. So make sure you have your your uh your on-chain use of bitcoin lockdown make sure you're using wasabi setting it to a personal wallet and then cash app or straight from wasabi to cash app um so use coin join yeah use coin join we'll talk about coin joins later in the episode as well uh some new developments there but yeah just realize what what you're engaging with when you're using these different services and the trade-offs are there to provide optionality and that's like Obviously, there's hardcore Bitcoiners out there. It's like, if you're not using this way, you're not doing it right. But what people have to realize, and there's good argument and there's strong arguments to be made in that direction, but optionality exists for a reason. And people like options, and this is just another option that exists and helps Bitcoin in the long run. Yeah, as holders of the, the hardest money available, the best money available, Bitcoiners are going to have many different options with many different trade-offs. Um, I, I think this is a feature that I will never use, at least not in the <laughs> yeah. near term. Um, if I was going to spend Bitcoin, it would be at like a small business that accepts Bitcoin directly, doesn't convert it and gives me a discount. Um, the, the key here though, is a lot of people do want this feature. A lot of people have used this as ammunition against Bitcoin. I mean, look at just like BitPay's whole business model over the years, which was to like encourage businesses to accept Bitcoin only to automatically convert it to fiat on their end. So now... You don't need a merchant to enable that kind of system. You can just use Cash App. You convert it to fiat for the, you know, for the, for the merchant before they 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 receive it. And and basically, it just it it takes that whole argument of, oh well, can you spend it anywhere? Can you do this? Like yes, now you could spend it wherever Visa is accepted. You know that that's, you know that point is moot. And and any altcoins that make this same same trade off you know coins like ripple like they're gonna have like full kyc it's just a matter of time they just need the government to finally get aware you know like look how they're reacting to facebook it's just because they read it in wall street journal like they they don't really know what ripples up to um when they start to figure it out they're going to make sure that it's just full kyc everything yes um yes yeah, so be aware that's a shout out to cash app for they didn't even make a big announcement about it. that's the other thing i like I mean, again disclaimer sponsor the pod we're pumping them pretty hard here, but they just get shit done and roll it out. Like I didn't even, they didn't even make a big announcement about deposits being rolled out. Like it was just, 
I think a couple, I got tweets from people being like, yo, did you get your deposits enabled as well? And with yeah, screenshots. Yeah, they just started slowly rolling it out. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, for future rollouts, I a little birdie told me that Beck 32 will be enabled soon on the cash app. Um, very, relatively soon. They just keep notching off checks off the checklist. So yes. that'll allow you to send directly to Wasabi now, which is nice. Yes. Um so keep on trucking Cash App team. And uh, it'll be better on fees. Even though they pay the fees, um, it'll be better on fees and for the network and whatnot. Yeah. So beware that. That was a big enough. I mean, that. so that the rollout started over the weekend, it looks like. And, and they started batching transactions, too. Boss. Um, looks like they're going to their Bitcoin Optech meetings. There you go. Uh, what was I going to say? I forget what I was going to say there. Um, on to the next one. Whirlpool, talking about coin joins, Whirlpool uh, beta has been released, correct? Yeah, they had the... Or is Alpha? A, a bunch of... I, they, I think they're calling it Alpha? I don't know. But uh, either way, it's their, it's their public testing round. They were doing private testing round uh, that I was participating in. Now they're doing the public testing round. Uh, so anyone can download the Whirlpool client. You download it on your computer. Um, you pair it with your Samurai wallet on your phone. Uh, and then, yeah, so it, it does the coin joins on, on the computer and then you can, you can send them within the app on the, in the Samurai app on your phone, which is pretty cool. And these have smaller, <clears throat> smaller minimums than, than Wasabi has at the moment. Right. So the, first of all, from the get go, they're supporting multiple pool sizes, which in, in Samurai, they're not. Samurai is just, there's one pool size. It's 0.1, uh, Bitcoin minimum. You know, Wasabi. 10 million sats yeah that's wasabi that's wasabi and then samurai um you have there's two pools available to you there's one that's 5 million sats so 0.05 bitcoin and then there's one that's 1 million sats 0.01 bitcoin minimums um and they they default to smaller round sizes so so samurai round the samurai whirlpool rounds are at five people um five participants and then Wasabi rounds are either every two hours or when 100 participants are hit. Um, so it's two different approaches. The idea with Samurai is that you'll have a little bit of privacy quickly and you can just keep remixing to get to your desired um, anonymity set. From your experience, what's uh, what's better from a fee perspective? Well, I mean, I imagine Wasabi will be better from a fee perspective because you have uh, you know, less rounds uh with more participants per round um but but i i've just started getting test samurai they're still building up their liquidity and whatnot um so i there really hasn't been enough time or to make any kind of real conclusions yeah so we're gonna drop that github page in the show notes make sure you guys go check that out if you're running samurai wallets um start experimenting again. start coin joining the spend from samurai wallet i've been told is just uh they have a tighter integration uh, coming, but like just as it is right now is super slick. You just, you just press the menu button and you press spend from uh, whirlpool and you can just spend from your whirlpool balance. And they have good uh, coin selections going on too. Like they'll let you know like what it's connected to before you yeah. send it and stuff like that. Well, it's the same. It's the same way they did it previously, which is you can freeze unspent outputs. Yeah. And they, uh, the samurai team, they've been putting cool charts from, ox.me about their whirlpools uh visualizations of it it's just like nothing important but really cool to look at see it looks cool yeah 
see how everything becomes entangled. Iota was working on Tangle, but I think Samurai figured it out better with their Whirlpool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> again, we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and I'm testing that out with I'm I'm testing that out with Wasabi outputs as well, just to be you know. So you're sending from Wasabi too? Yeah, I'm already Wasabiing before I. You're compounding s- your send it there. Compounding your uh, your your coin joining. Yeah. Um. On to the next topic. We talked about Binance last week. Shout out to your your Binance call. We talked about BNB. It was fucking perfect, man. I mean, we had <laughs> been calling it forever, but yeah. Yeah, no, perfect. Couldn't honestly could not have been timed perfectly last week's RHR. We talked to we shit on BNB and Leo. That was a rant. That was one of my biggest rants. That was a good rant, too. and it was a very timely rant because less than twelve hours later, uh, Binance came out and said they're blocking U.S. users and opening up another exchange for U.S. users specifically. But that'll be completely KYC'd. And they've already started uh, geofencing off the U.S. And, and blocking U.S. citizens. And it'll be like three coins or something. Yeah. And it'll like be we, like an on-ramp. Yeah. And like we said last week, it's the inevitable uh, trajectory of these, these shitcoin casinos. They get too big for their own good and, and have to uh, comply with, with, with the government or they get in trouble. So, you know, like it's one of those... So first of all, they all end up having to do this. They get too big. We've talked about this forever. They get too big. Um, then they get a target on their back, and then they have to start tightening up ship. The issue I've that I will personally point out is BitMEX has been in a similar issue. They have never tried to connect to fiat in any way, so they're more insulated. But they banned U.S. users as well, and they said no U.S. users can go. But people, you can, like, if you just, you can use a VPN around it and it's like, see no evil, uh, speak no evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to say anything if you use a VPN around it. I, I've never, you know, I've, I, if they, if you end up connecting through USIP, they like automatically block you, but they let you withdraw your coins. So not, so not only will they turn the blind eye on the VPN, but if you slip up, I'm pretty sure they just let you take all your coins back. Um, they just close your account. With Binance, Binance is flagging VPNs, like shared VPNs. If a shared VPN, if if a user of a shared VPN gets um, flagged for something, Binance will then lock every account that uses that shared VPN. So like the way like VPN services work, like Movad and stuff, is like a bunch of users are all connecting through the same IP. And usually that gives you more privacy because there's so many different people surfing under that IP. But with Binance's case, if they flag one account, they lock down every single account with that IP and then force KYC on you to get your coins. You can't get your coins without KYC. So um, I, I think that to me implies that they are feeling extra vulnerable. Like they have to go above and beyond um, to make like that's so that's super risky for a US user to use in that situation. So they're going above and beyond to be regulatory compliant, and that's because they're a huge target. And I think that users will gravitate towards um, new options that 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 respect privacy and, and, and don't require KYC information for altcoin trading, which you know never connects to fiat in the first place. Yes. Um, so good call, good rant, good timely rant last week. Uh, Binance, geofencing off U.S. users, and open, they plan to open it. CZ came out and said this is a, a like a, a short-term hit for like a long-term gain. 
uh, basically saying they're going to roll out like a U.S. exchange and it's going to be okay when that happens. Yeah, when I called him out on the random KYC, he gave like a complete PR bullshit response admitting to doing it, right? Like he's a really good salesman. I mean, look, he's got his he's got his hand over the fire. Like everyone's going after him right now. Um, so it's hard to give him too much shit. But, uh, but well, of course, what else is he going to say? Of course he's going to say that. But all, all of his plays, all of his other Binance subsidiary plays have basically the idea has been a fiat on-ramp, right? And then I guess like his long-term play um, is, is this pseudo-dex they have, right? Um, which I think might be blocking U.S. users too. I'm not even sure. But eventually could, could block U.S. users because it's not really decentralized at all. They have full control over that dex. So that's just like a regulatory arbitrage play. So I'm assuming like his idea is that he wants to have all these different regulated fiat on ramps into Bitcoin and probably Ethereum. Um, and and th- so you, you give them the fiat on ramps and then they can come into his decks, his pseudo decks. It's not a really a dex, but it's non-custodial, I guess, even though it's all in the BNB chain, which is completely owned by him. So, yeah, it's all. It's all a facade to to keep the show going and, and make it seem like Binance is still what it once was when it was a pure shitcoin casino, but it's not. That uh, again, the honeymoon phase is over. They got too big for their own good, and this is this is what happens. This is inevitable. We've said this many times. We don't have to repeat ourselves. Uh, it's just it's, it feels good to be right though, doesn't it? I mean, to be fair, Leo pumped in the meantime. So be- on the on the Binance news. I mean, I just in general, it just keeps pumping. So I that rant, that part of the rant has not been proven correct yet. Not yet. Uh, but markets can remain uh, irrational far longer than you can remain solvent. Not that you're trading that. And then out. also we have Binance added the, they created like Bitcoin Tether, wrapped Bitcoin mm. or whatever. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't understand. It's a Bitcoin stable coin. I mean, it's, a, it's on BNB. It's a token on BNB chain. That represents like a certain number of Bitcoin they hold, right? So each mm-hmm. token, is, it's like Tether, but instead of U.S. dollars in an account, it's Bitcoin in an address. Um, obviously, it's not trustless at all. You have to completely trust them. It's not really Bitcoin. It's an IOU. It's just like if you were holding Bitcoin on Binance, basically. Um, but it connects that DEX ecosystem with the largest trading pair in altcoin land, which is which is Bitcoin. So it goes in hand in hand with that play. But the the question comes down to do do regulators let him just say it's a decentralized exchange when it's not fucking decentralized? And I, I think inevitably they won't. But until then, it's just kind of like cover. Yeah. Um, so we'll be following uh, that shit show as it unravels. It's been unraveling pretty quickly. Um, so we'll see if Binance US uh, ever comes to fruition, how popular it will be if it does. The real question, which I'm asking myself, is which... What what will be the next altcoin casino? What will be you know you know we had Bitrex, we had Poloniex. Uh, Poloniex is trying to claw its way back. They re-added the troll box, well, uh, but they have KYC now, and I and I think once you once you start going the full regulated, you're no longer the altcoin casino. Well, this is an interesting question to ask because. Do you think Phoenix arises from the ashes? Because how did Binance get to where it was? How how did it become most profitable beginning? It was paying list. It was asking for listing fees for shit coins, and that was like a lot of their their profit in the beginning. That's how a lot of these shit coin casinos start out. They pay they get coins to pay them to get listed, and I don't know if I see like the proliferation of 
of projects like we've seen in the past to, to provide that that sort of profit that that existed in the past um so i don't know if i could i could see like another i don't know i could be wrong there's always a new altcoin casino marty but this time the altcoin casino is the exchange itself where it's like io so it's the exchanges running them um like that's the next iteration of the ico is exchange run so this is we, we find ourselves in this weird area where uh like the next hot thing isn't making an altcoin, forking a code base and creating a coin and buying your way on an exchange. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. Could be. I don't know. I think I think listing fees will still be there. It just you know, they they will go to astronomical prices during bull runs and during accumulation cycles like that doesn't happen. We'll see. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that that business model is uh, is repeatable in the future. But I think regardless of that business model, you're still going to see like a new altcoin casino, whether that's like a pseudo dex, uh, whether that's just a bucket shop that operates in a, in a different jurisdiction. If we have any DGen altcoin traders that listen to this podcast, let us know. Let us know if you're seeing any uh, future Binances pop up out there. Because we brought up Beeksy Exchange last week. but It's, it's definitely not going to be Beeksy. It's full KYC. Yeah. So it's not them. That's like the one exchange I've seen pop up that people have been talking about, but nothing. If you wanted to do like full KYC, you just use like Poloniex or Bittrex. Is or Cryptopia still look around? Look at Coinbase. Coinbase is basically token-based now, right? Yeah. Is Cryptopia still around? I don't fucking know. No, didn't they? They were the ones who got hacked. They were the New Zealand one that's got yeah, They, they were... got hacked and they're in bankruptcy or something. Yeah. Didn't they like they brought the police involved? The police were like, I don't even know how to send an email. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this internet money you're talking about? You got internet money stolen? I thought it was digital tulips, man. Exactly. How did you get the flower stolen? Then they just had to go into bankruptcy. That was completely fucked. R.I.P. Cryptopia. Um, yeah, so, again, if any of you freaks are, are aware of a shitcoin casino popping up, let us know. We want to follow it. I think, like, we'll go... I think that, like, shitcoin traders got a little bit spoiled with Binance. It was, like, a more of a rarity. Well, because... It, not only that, but, like, Binance was, like, the best UX, the easiest onboarding. It worked. It had liquidity, like, right away. Exactly. I think we're about to go into, like, another Cripsy era. You know, like, so there's going to be, like, they're going to flock to an exchange. Big, big Vern coming back? That's, like, really shitty, but everyone just culps, you know, they just they, they just deal with it because it's, like, the only place they can trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that. That's, that's what I think is about to happen. Where in the world is Big Vern? What the hell is he up to these <laughs> he days? He exit scammed, right, didn't he? Did he go to jail? I'm not sure if he got arrested. He was like Florida based. He should have. Yeah. Um, okay. Enough of that. Enough of that. Next topic. Uh, Lightning Labs. They released their their Lightning Wallet today. Uh, we both downloaded it immediately. Like good Bitcoiners. Both downloaded. It. I'm still syncing. He's on iPhone. I'm on Android. I synced within 40 minutes. I'm on hour two right now. Okay. See. So, see. So look. Unlock with pin. I know Matt's pin. Yeah, my super secure pin. <laughs> Look. Uh, you're in so a- mine synced and it was working. And now it's, you know, they say this one's definitely alpha, they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this um, is definitely alpha. And and now it won't open. Um, so I have I have $50, $50 on there. I think it's 600,000 sats. Yeah, I've recovered from a seed phrase and um, have a good ch- we'll have a good chunk on the Lightning Network there when it finally sinks. Um, seems to be a little buggy right now, but it's out there nonetheless. So I use this on computer. So on computer, it's synced within like 10 minutes. 
Um, so the idea is is that there's no it doesn't use a Bitcoin full node. It uses Neutrino. So it downloads block filters, which is like a little bit more private um, way of doing SPV. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 you have you have no node. You have no Bitcoin node, but you run a full lightning node. Uh, and then they they enable autopilot to begin with. So it's supposed to just it takes your money that you deposit and just immediately puts it into what it thinks is a well-connected node. So then you can immediately send out. Um, and then the idea is that once they add loop and stuff, uh, you'll be able to you do that and then you just balance out your channel so you can receive instantly as well. Um, it's a very seamless process on computer. It just works super seamlessly. It's a beautiful uh, UI too. Um, but you and I have a little beef with the name of the app. Yeah, it's like this Coinbase blockchain shit all over again. Like I, I don't we I can't call the app Lightning, right? And uh, yeah, it could could be cause for confusion. It's gonna be so confusing. There's gonna be the Lightning app. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> we we officially changed the name of Tales from the Crypt to Tales from the Crypt, a Bitcoin podcast. There could, you go. Could they change it to something like Lightning Wallet app? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I the Lightning Labs already is like you know kind of questionable name, right? So it's just like, what are you gonna do? And this is not to say that we don't like the project. We love it. They're pushing us forward. Some of the creator of the Lightning Network paper is working on this stuff. So um, they could it, just call it something completely different, you know, like Oreo. Yeah. Or something. Uh, right, yeah. Let's put it out there. Hey, let's just think about the mistakes that we made in the past. Bitcoin.com, blockchain.info, Coinbase, uh, confusing people of of the actual assets Coinbase. or technologies that that it represent. Um, not that Lightning's doing that, but People it will. Think- I think it will. I think people will see like the lightning app and like, I think they know that because like that, it'll be more likely that that app will get downloaded. Um, so it's, it's like kind of whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit frustrating. That's all an effort to, uh, to hash out every argument. That's why we brought that up. We, uh, I mean, it should be, it should be hashed out on the table. It should be laid out on the table and, and discussed. Um, but uh, whatever, it is what it is. It exists. L and D is dope, and they do L and D too. So yes. Um, so anyway, this app is like I think is this is like the future vision of mainstream Lightning um, that can compete with like custodial wallets in terms of ease of use, right? Like when this thing works, um, you're gonna have super easy access to a non-custodial Lightning. Uh, lightning solution in like what like an hour yeah a few more hours for me at the at the moment but the vision's there it's it, so weird that yours is still saying it's my internet it's my internet it's uh my internet sucks here and i already have three nodes running in this apartment so that's probably why it's straining yeah um i have two nodes i have two nodes running this will be my third uh not a real node but yeah. a lightning node um, the problem I have with the computer one is I don't think you can do incoming. Cha- I don't think it publicly broadcasts, so you can't do incoming channels. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a feature coming up or not. And yeah. it's interesting that it defaults to USD showing, but if you tap the balance, it switches. Switches the sats. No, no the other thing we're being critical right now, but these is patience. These things are getting rolled out. They happen. This stuff happens in over time in increments, and this is a huge step for them to release the app, get it out there. If you freaks uh, download the app, get it up and running, make sure you go to tftc.io dash 
uh, excuse me, slash dime dash bag and test it out by thought. By slash final thought. dime dash bag. Yeah, slash. Yeah, yeah, it's a mouthful right there. <laughs> Not going to try to repeat it. Uh, so go check that out. And then I don't know if we talked about this last week. Did we? What? Watchtowers. Watchtowers are officially a thing now. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why they released this. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it last week, did we? I'm not sure, but anyway, Watchtowers is like is the idea that right now if you you have the issue that if your if your lightning node goes offline, you turn off your computer, you lose internet, your power goes out, the the other party in in your channel could publish an old state that they have more money and close out the channel and basically take your money. Now the way that's prevented in Lightning is that if the other party realizes while this is going on, they can issue a punishment transaction where they get all the money. And a watchtower basically allows a third party to watch your channels for you and issue that punishment transaction if the other party maliciously closes on you. And even if you don't have a watchtower watching your channel, just the fact that there are watchtowers out there should prevent... It's like a herd immunity. It should prevent... It's like um, having a... I have a gun sign on your house or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it should be... you're on camera. No one's going to go for your channel because they're afraid they're going to lose everything if they do it. Watch Watch towers. They are the bodega smile you're on camera signs of the Lightning Network. Exactly. Um, No, and it was cool. Last week at BitDevs here in New York, Willowburn gave a demonstration of a watchtower. That was so dope. Yeah, watchtower working in real time. And yeah, he, he... He attacked himself and he then protected himself, yeah. himself with his watchtower. Yeah, two lightning nodes set up uh, with channels open with each other. He tried to maliciously close one in the watchtower, stopped it from happening, and he got all of that channel liquidity back to the one one lightning node that he had running. Um, so those are a thing now. Again, these things happen in increments, steady that was progress. was the same team. That was Lightning Labs as well. Yes, Lightning Labs. I think Bitcoin Connor has been leading the watchtower uh, charge. So shout out, shout out to Lightning Labs for dropping this app and Watchtowers within one week. Um, Badass. Yeah. On to vulnerabilities. A lot of vulnerabilities this week. Uh, I saw, I woke up early this morning and saw uh, Vladimir, uh, who's one of the lead maintainers of Bitcoin Core, tweeting about a Firefox vulnerability. Um, uh, it's a zero-day flaw that uh, attacks... Is it a crap? We don't really... I don't think we know what the attack is, right? It uses JavaScript, right? Yeah, it uses JavaScript. But we don't know what they get out of it. It's probably they break the sandbox is the, is the guess. It's a type confusion vulnerability. Uh, can occur when manipulating JavaScript objects due to issues in array.pop. This can allow for an exploitable crash. We are aware of targeted attacks, and this will, uh, in the wild, abusing the, this flaw. But it... So it tries to crash your browser and take the data that they didn't is, give. They didn't give a full release because it's such a critical vulnerability, and they sent out the patch. Yeah, zero day doesn't sound good. Um, but it seems that then they can they can execute code on your computer, which if you have cryptocurrency in a in a on browser a wallet, wallet on your computer in a, in a Jewel extension, something like that, or any other kind of sensitive information. Yeah. Uh, so update your Firefox. Um, it doesn't look like I don't think the updates out on Linux yet. So, you know, don't use Firefox until it's out. I think maybe you have to push it manually. Um, but, you know, just be aware. Yeah. I put the version number that you need. 
It's uh, version 67.0.3. Right. You probably currently have point two, so make sure you get that point three. Yes. Um, yeah, so be aware of Firefox users out there. Make sure you update, and if you have, especially if you have any cryptocurrency on online wallets or extensions. I mean, you shouldn't have much on there, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so another one, not on the list, but we remembered right before hitting record is YubiKey. Um, this is coming from the top of my head, so the, the exact details might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure if somebody gets access to at least three public signatures, they can sort of reverse engineer the private key. Yeah, they got completely owned. Yeah. Uh, so that's not great. That's not great at all. It's, <laughs> yeah. So that's YubiKeys, uh, for you freaks that don't know, is a 2FA solution, a hardware um, solution to 2FA. You plug in the little USB drive or yes. Bluetooth it. And that acts as your your two factor token. Do you think they need physical access to get those signatures, or could those public those public signatures are public in some places? Correct. I'm not sure. I didn't really. You know, I I don't use UB. I use I like the. I use Google two FA. Yeah, like the software based. I use an open source one on my on my phone, and I you know I think that that is, I mean, except for like the U.S. government, you know, that's like a pretty strong threat modeled out. Uh, yeah compromise trade-off yeah like why well, who wants to carry around the usb drive and as you can see like in this case so hopefully i i imagine they're going to come out with new ones i would too it seems like a pretty pretty <laughs> bad vulnerability <laughs> and then another bad vulnerability an unpatchable vulnerability in the bitcoin world is trezor uh we forgot to talk about this last week but at breaking bitcoin in amsterdam two weekends ago uh was it the ledger team again yep ledger team again um Attacked a bunch of hardware wallets. They found a bunch of vulnerabilities, but they won. They found one unpatchable. They won't exactly say exactly what it is, but they said anybody with a hundred dollars worth of hardware uh, in th- three to five minutes with your device can can get your seed phrase. Physical access. They need to have physical your, access. Yes. They could pull your seed. Yes. But they can't pull a passphrase if you use a passphrase. Then they would have to brute force the passphrase. Yes. And if you have, if you so Trezor allows you to add a passphrase. Everyone should add a passphrase to their Trezor. And it's a it's basically an additional last word added to your seed that that you pick and isn't stored on device. You type it on directly on the on the Trezor. Yes, and the Model T Trezor lets you do that on the device. That's what you just said. Uh, oh yeah, how does the Trezor run work with the passphrase? Does it pop up like a, you have to do it in the browser with your keyboard? Oh, you have to type it in. I would imagine your computer. But it's still better than nothing. It's yes. still better to use a passphrase than not to use a passphrase. Because yeah. even if they have your passphrase, they still need to get your seed. See, yeah. it just goes both ways. No, this is something, again, this is another topic that we've talked about a bunch on this podcast. You should assume that if anybody has physical access to your hardware devices, that, that you're fucked. Um, pass- and the passphrase buys you time because they can brute force it still. I mean, if it's a really long passphrase, then they might not be able to brute force it. But um, it buys you time. The other thing is, if you keep money on just the seed without the passphrase, um, then they might not even know to brute force a passphrase. So, like, let's say they pull the seed from your treasure. It's got, you know, four million sats on it or whatever. Then they're like, okay, we got everything. They're not even going to go look for a passphrase. Yeah. So, always use a passphrase. Nice additional protection. Uh, Multi-sig helps here, too, if you use multiple hardware. Uh so 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 the reason Ledger is able to pull off these attacks is because Trezor uses completely open hardware and open uh, software. Um, Ledger uses a secure chip that's a proprietary secure chip. 
so it's closed source. We don't know what's going on in 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 that ledger chip. So those are two major trade-offs. On one side, the ledger seems better, but it could easily be backdoored by uh, like a, a a major government, yes. right? So so if if a major government's in your threat model, ledger might be less secure than a than a treasure with a passphrase. Um, while the treasure, if you have physical access, it's much easier to pull the seed from the device. Yeah, and I don't want to jinx them, but it seems like cold card may be the safest bet in the hardware game these days. So cold card also uses a secure element, but they use an open source secure element that they're running. I'm pretty sure their own open source firmware on it. Uh, so it seems to accomplish the best of both worlds. Now, I would I am definitely not capable of hacking any of this shit, um, but I would caution I would say that, you know, cold card is a newer entrant. Um, they have less of a target on their back. Uh, Ledger is clearly going after competitors, so we'll see. You know what happens here. It's, I think this is all good that everyone's everyone should be attacking each other. This is like the most constructive marketing ever. Uh, it makes a more secure environment. Uh, but like best case scenario would be, I, I think would be to use like a multi sig where you have all three devices involved in the multi sig. Yes, um, no, ideally, um, and no. It's, again, be aware. It's uh, it's funny because you have these. And it's uh, obviously for us, we're here making this podcast, giving out advice. And it's like when you see these things getting pwned, it's like, ah, oh, damn, man. Like I, I told somebody to buy a Trezor last week, but you just have but to be. But the Trezor, we, you should already. Op- so, so the way I viewed this release is I already operate under the assumption that if someone gets my hardware wallet in their hands, then they can pull the seed from it. This is why passphrases are so important on all three of those, the Ledger, Trezor and uh, the cold card. Uh, you can use a passphrase. You should use a passphrase. Um, uh, you should just assume that it, with physical access, they can get it. So, like, the first line of defense is to, like, properly secure the device, you know, hide it appropriately, you know, store it in, in different, you know, use different threat modeling. And that's even easier if you use a multi-sig um, because then you could balance those different trade-offs. Yeah. Um, so again, be aware. Be aware. Just be aware that this stuff exists. Because, like, if you're keeping, like, your seed on a piece of paper... It's just as vulnerable, yeah. But it's more vulnerable, right? At yeah. least with the Trezor, they need to have, like, specialized you know, specialized know-how to get into it. Yeah. No, and I think it's actually... That's a good point to be made. I like that you said it's good. It's overall constructive. And it is overall constructive. And it's probably good that this stuff's being found out now and Bitcoin price point is not as high as it could potentially be in the future. So figuring out all these vulnerabilities and patching them before... Uh, they become real threats, and, and the incentive to actually go get physical access to people's treasures is is increased. And and Ledger was good about this too because it is unpatchable. So they spoke to Trezor. Um, they decided not to release how they did it, so that it'd be a little bit more difficult for other people to replicate it. And Trezor basically, usually, like the way you prove that you've broken something is by showing how you did it. So instead, Trezor was just like, "Yeah, they did it." Like that, that happened. So like <laughs> Trezor admitted to it happening. Ledger explained that it happened, but no one said how it, how it actually is done. Yes. No, but Ledger, it does require physical access. Ledger has a whole team dedicated to just brute forcing and breaking the stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, once you get down to physical access, like the person can just, you know, like they could put a gun to your head. Yeah. What was so, the other one? They had a keep key vulnerability too, where they, uh, they found like a glitch in the, in the, uh, UI. That, that help them find seed phrases as well or pins, I believe. 
I don't know. I don't like the keep key because it's just a it's a treasure fork, and it just seems like kind of like a scammy. No, not scammy because, it, uh, yeah, I I they're they're reputable. I I just I don't. I think it's like almost like a side business. It seems like a side hustle, <laughs> and it doesn't because it, it's Shapeshift. Shapeshift owns Keep Key, mm-hmm. and I just it's they're just forking Trezor and just continuing continuing that. So I, I don't love that in that regard. Um, staying on vulnerabilities, I have not seen this one. You put this in the in the show notes. Show notes. Celebrate states they can crack current all popular phones with physical access. So another physical access attack. What is this? Yeah, I mean. Even the most recent iPhones, which is that's the big revelation, I think, for people like it can do all the major Android phones. Actually, if you have like some like run of the mill uh, mid range Chinese Android phone or something, they might not be able to get in because they don't just they don't support them all out of the box. Yeah, they're like marketing this a comprehensive solution to access iOS and high end Android devices it's- by bypass or determine locks and perform a full file system extraction on any iOS device. Or physical extraction uh, or file system, file-based encryption extraction on many high-end Android devices to get much more data than what is possible through logical extractions and other conventional means. Scroll down. They have like a really good chart. Um, oh, there it is. That was it. Up one more. But uh, yeah, so they can basically they can basically just completely own. They're saying at least. I mean, I imagine they're puffing their chest a little bit, but they're saying they can completely own the iPhones. The newest iPhones, the newest Samsung devices, as long as they have physical access. Yeah, so we'll put this. Uh, you got a UTM link to this. Somebody was tracking you on this one. Uh, we uh, we'll put this in the show notes. I it was there. It was from their Twitter account. Oh, okay, but um, yeah. I mean, so they're puffing themselves. Like I imagine, if you use a obnoxiously long passphrase. On your iPhone, you might be better off. Uh, you know, so, so like you can, I, I imagine, I think on the iPhone, you can set like pin, you can set like can a bunch of different 16. things. But if you go with actual passphrase and type in your actual passphrase, like it'll be a lot harder for them to do it before it erases itself. I mean, that's all going with Apple not providing backdoor to the government. You know, supposedly they don't, but you're still trusting them because it's all closed source. I don't think we talked about this yet, but Apple, their latest announcement, I like their anonymous email things that they're doing for people when they sign up for apps. And the credit card thing, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anonymous credit card number. It's just burner numbers and burner... Uh, emails. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You can never tell. Are these corporations evil? Are they trying to help us? Are there good corporations out there? Is the incentive always trend towards becoming a statist arm of the state? I think Apple is a very... Uh, is is great for privacy if the US government is in your threat model. As long as as long as you're fine with the US government, everything else, like they're probably really private. They're probably on and they're they're probably being honest about it in that regard. Because it, it, it makes them money. That's their business the incentives. It's all about the incentives, right? That's their business model. Their business model is selling you hardware, uh selling you services attached to the hardware. It's not ads, it's not tracking. So uh it, it tends it it tends to drive them in the right direction. They kind of stumbled into this privacy thing, and, and I, I think they're just embracing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of vulnerabilities out there that came this week. So we got Firefox, uh, YubiKey, Trezor, and now this uh, cell phone, uh, Brute Force. So beware. These are the guys that broke the one. Remember 
the court case on the San Bernardino shooter with with the iPhone. And the FBI they said we in. don't need your help anymore, Apple. They use Celebrite. Okay. That's the same guys. And then Apple came out with their new security chip and their new encryption and the way they did it and did all this stuff and then Celebrate broke it and now it looks like Apple's going to come out. You know, it's like a whack-a-mole thing. They go back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so beware of that stuff. It's out there. Uh, and yeah, just take check of your of your your uh your threat models and your your security and your your opsec and and uh react accordingly yeah i mean just assume that if someone has just like your hardware wallet just assume if someone has physical access to your phone they can do fucked up shit to it yeah um back to bitcoin back to some more cool news more positive news uh bitcoin hash rate hit an all-time high this week i'm checking bit info charts right now it's what saying, about the death spiral marty it's still happening. You never know. You never know. Um, it doesn't look like the test spiral happened. That's why the difficulty adjustment uh, <laughs> exists to make sure that doesn't happen. Freaks, the difficulty adjustment, I've been saying this for years now, is the most beautiful part of Bitcoin. It's what makes it go, I believe. I just like the P- I'm like a POW. I love the POW in general. Yeah. Just dis- distributed POW is pretty crazy. Oh, and I haven't pumped this on the pod yet, but uh, Inventing Bitcoin, a book by Jan Pritzker, free ad. Um, coming out soon i read it uh, a couple weeks ago actually my wife and i read it together it was cool really cute really cute really cute afternoon we had there but we both learned a lot and it's less than 90 pages and you'll be for anybody who actually wants to know how bitcoin works and sort of the incentive system and how proof of work and transaction ordering and all that stuff comes to play i think jan does an incredible job of laying it out in a very succinct format and it's it's a great resource so when that drops in the next couple weeks hopefully Make sure you have, if you have any Bitcoin curious friends out there, like, ah, how the hell does this work? I would give them this book two hours and you sort of understand it a very, he puts it in very good layman's terms. Badass. But uh, back to the stats, hash rate hitting all time high this week. I'm looking at BitInfo charts. It's saying the highest point I can see right here is 61.76 exahash per second, but I feel like it was higher than Doesn't that. Doesn't TradeBlock have it? Does TradeBlock have it? trade block or uh, anyway it definitely hit the all-time high right we're like hovering yeah, yeah. right we, next we, to the all-time high definitely hit all-time high um and th- that's that's just awesome uh, it makes block. sense the price is going up um yeah trade block does blocks are getting confirmed faster when the price goes up yeah so around uh around 62.2 exahash per second and it's it's probably a combination of two things: is a combination of new chips and a combination of people bringing on old hardware that wasn't profitable, until the combination of the this current difficulty adjustment and the rising price came together. Yes, and uh, word on the street is that What's Miner is coming out with their next batch of miners, and that's going to be the most efficient, powerful miner. And I believe they're supposed to hit the market in late July, early September. So look around that period for for an increase of hash rate as well. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the march forward continues. Yeah. Austin uh, Austin Storms has a good tweet on the on the new What's Meyer that's coming out. It's like crazy more efficient than the S9. I tend to not believe this shit until it comes out. That's a good that's a good uh that's a good framework to work from. Yeah, there's a lot of uh history backing that one up in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um hash rate all time I oh yeah. A shout out uh John Cantrell ninety seven at John Cantrell ninety seven on Twitter. For putting together uh, DCABTC.com, DCABTC.com, dollar cost average, cool site uh, where you can basically go to. We talk about stacking sats here. 
you can create a stacking sats strategy or follow yourself stacking sats and sort of visualize the stuff. Yeah, it's the ultimate stacking sats website. It's got you you put in how much how much you how much you put in whether that's per day, per week, per month, per year, um how long when you start, when you end and you can see historical performance. Um, they, it gives you two lines. It gives you the, the line of how much money it's currently worth and how much money was invested and shows you both. Um, and I actually, I, I redirected stackingsats.com to that. So if you just go to stackingsats.com without the www, cause yeah, for uh, some reason the URLs don't like the www. Can't get Namecheap to do that. So, um, Yes, that's cool. Yeah, it's a badass. It's super clean, super nice. It has some educational material John, on the John bottom. John Cantrell's the same guy who brute forced the one of the first keys to the Satoshi's Treasure, correct? Yeah, he's on our team, not team, that like we have barely not contributed to at all. Well, to, I haven't even been following. I saw, I saw Satoshi Treasure tweet earlier that they put out a new clue. It's a new clue today, yeah. Yeah. Our team is is hustling. On it. I got to have it. Yeah. Hey, we team. We haven't done shit. Team, keep, keep trucking. Again, we're here. We're not. Hey, we're just here to pump you guys. We don't expect any. Uh, yeah, we're the marketing department. We're the marketing department. We don't expect any, uh, any, any of the, the uh, rewards from the hard work. I think like guys a steak. Went. Yeah, steak. A pat on the back. All I need is a pat on the back. Dude, that supposedly Eric said he already bought the Bitcoin for that. That Bitcoin must be worth two million dollars right now, right? Yeah. Have we doubled? It was started when million, it started. Right? It started in like March or April. It started April, I believe. It was two hundred Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, we said it on the show. It's at on the show at some point. Um, oh no, it couldn't be 200 Bitcoin. It was a million dollars. What price? Like five thousand? Uh, yeah, yeah, I forget. I forget. We'll find I don't out. know. Anyway, the prize is worth a lot more now. And if we keep pumping, if it if this if it takes like another three months to get this prize out, could be interesting. Yeah, could also be worth less than it is today. Who knows? That's true. Anything possible. Yeah. Be putting all this effort in to to cash out Bitcoin at a lower price. There you go. Be aware. Um, last topic we'll talk about geopolitics. It seems as if the Cold War is getting a little warmer. Uh, the U.S. is directly attacking Russia's power grids now. Uh, story was in the New York Times earlier this week, uh, and it's just another. It seems like Russia's doing it as well. Yeah, right. Everybody's doing it. This has been speculated in the past, too. Speculated in I mean, North China's Korea. definitely doing yeah. it, too. Yeah. So everybody, we've got to, to grid power, ta- or excuse me, power grid attacks uh, at the nation state level now, which, come on. Hey, all you politicians out there, it's a, good, it's a slippery slope. If you start if you start attacking everybody's grids, uh, things are going to get fucked. You're going to get attacked back. People are going to be uh, in the dark, literally. Uh so just think about what you're starting with these. It's all dick flexing. Hey, all you politicians, all you grubby assholes out there, the very few thousand people that decide on the laws and, and, and when and when not we go to war, just think about this. These are big implications if you start attacking people's grids. They're innocent people living in these cities. Let's take a chill pill. So what... <laughs> love it. Uh, what I think is interesting here is that... Um, it's it's very Cold War-esque in that they all seem to have feelers inside of each other's systems. And it's not direct. It's more indirect. Yeah, they, they're, it's, it's basically flexing to say, like, if you do it to us, we'll do it to you. But the other thing that I've, I think that's interesting about this in particular is, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're threat modeling things about Bitcoin, we talk about, like, EMPs and stuff. Um, you could easily see unsecured... Uh, power networks getting hit by 
by cyber attacks instead of of a, a necessarily a an EMP. Yeah, or an EMP. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, this is like the last. Uh, it might not be the last. Um, Bruce Willis movie. What am I thinking? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. At it's all. honestly, it's uh, oh God. What's the movie I'm thinking of? Bruce Willis. Where's the cop on Christmas? Oh fucking! Uh, I watched every single one of those movies. Me too. I'm just like uh, it's one of uh, the last one was a cyber attack. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. It was a. Uh, this is gonna piss me off. You new freaks are definitely screaming the movie name. It's uh, gonna piss right me off. Right are you gonna look it up? I'm looking it up. Gotta go to IMBD. This is ridiculous. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die, Die Hard. Hard 4, I think, was the one. I don't God, know. how did we not know Die Hard? Die Hard, yeah. Came out like, <laughs> just it happens in the moment. You can't remember. Whenever you try to think of it too hard, it, it never comes to your mind. They had that ridiculous scene with the jet and shit in that one. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Smith was in that. I, I like that Die Hard. It was a good Die Hard. I mean, Hard. people have been talking about like crazy cyber attacks for like ever, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think this could get more real. It is uh, getting more real, it when, seems. And especially when, like, Bitcoin mining enters the picture and stuff like that, if you just have a large amount of money uh, stored in the system, then there could be some interesting attack vectors that, that use this kind of thing. And, I mean, I, I, I also think this shows the 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 benefit uh, that some miners will have disconnected, you know, like... On their personal grids, yeah. Yeah, we talk about stranded power, about how Bitcoin enables stranded power. Well, in this situation, stranded power actually gives them an additional benefit in that they they wouldn't be affected by uh, grid level attacts. Yeah, so it's interesting. So we've talked a lot about vulnerabilities. So there's fire again, Firefox, YubiKey, Trezor. Are we die born? hard? Die hard. <laughs> Energy grids. Like, are we? We're again. We talk about being born in an inflection point. Like, are we at this part where like we're figuring out all the vulnerabilities and they will be fortified throughout time, or will this be like? an ongoing battle where everything's just always susceptible um, and we have to deal with it or are we finding out the, the, the pain points now and they will be uh, cemented over in the future? I think part of the reason that it's even um, being, being preceded with so heavily by, by all these major countries is because Russia has already done it. They did it in Ukraine um, before they, I think they did it in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Um, and, and and so when, when this is how I think the natural world pro- progresses, right? You had the attacks and then you had the solutions. No one like ever thinks ahead. They usually are just like patching shit as it goes. Um, so it's better if everyone just like gets it over with. Uh, this is like a little bit like you knock down a whole country's power grid. Like you could have or like they were talking about in this article. I mean, I don't know how much is fear mongering or not. Uh, so take it with a fucking grain of salt. The New York Times is a, is a blog that tends to fearmonger a little bit. But the U.S. government is also super inept when it comes to securing their systems. So anyway, this was saying how uh, R- Russia was able to probe into some of our our nuclear reactors. Um, and so like you can imagine like you can do some crazy shit with that. Uh, they, they they weren't able to get into like the control systems. They're like specifically isolated, yada yada yada. Uh, but but there there's different attack vectors you can do here uh, once you're able to infect these systems. Another message to you grubby politicians out there: 
Can we uh, figure out our nuclear security? Because I'm pretty sure like nuclear weapons are still run via like 15 inch floppy disk and stuff like that. It's time to, to come into the 21st century, especially when we have uh, enough nuclear weapons on the planet to blow it up. So let's figure that out, please. It's too expensive. I don't want to pay to upgrade it at all. What if we have to? I don't know. We'll just patch it. And if there's a problem, we'll patch it. You grubby politicians went crazy in the mid 20th century. <laughs> building all these nukes just and that's like that's a problem we have to deal with in the future our kids will have to deal with too that's like potential that stuff could be potentially like degrading and stuff like that something to think about grubby politicians um yeah so that's all we have we we went six minutes over what do you want to riff on did you watch the chernobyl hbo show have not have have been staying away i thought from that's it. why you went on the new grant no i've been staying away from it so i actually think I heard that it's very good though i think that um We'll get, uh, yeah, so I watched the whole thing or whatever. Um, and, but that's besides the point. I think I think nuclear power is going to be progressed forward. Oh, I think it's the future, but we have to take care of the like the nuclear shit that we have created like 60, 50 years ago first. Right, but I, I think that specifically Bitcoin mining will propel it forward. Like, if you think about it, there was never a financial incentive um to figure out fusion, you know, that's figure out fusion before Bitcoin existed. Right. Like, because like who, how do you profit from like endless free power? Digi- you can't digital gold, baby. The incentive is there now. Mind Bitcoin with it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like crazy shit. Like, I think that, I think that all these, um, I think power efficiencies we'll see at like a crazy level. And I think you'll obviously see that with nuclear as well. So you have that incentive, and then obviously the world's very hot about global warming right now, and nuclear is arguably some of the cleanest energy in the world, and that could be a driver as Except well. Except for storage. storage yeah. Yeah. yeah, storage is hard. but um, Yeah. Or like if you have like an inept government, do it. Build like it. Like the Chernobyl yeah. series. No, that's like, yeah. Nuclear, yeah, you go back and forth. Like I have these moments where I'm like, yeah, it's the future, and then it's like you see like a Fukushima or Chernobyl. Joe Rogan like used to talk about it all the time on his podcast. Like, and it fucks over like all the neighboring countries. It fucks over everyone. Yeah. You know? The ocean. The fish in the ocean. We all yeah. It's all it's all of our ocean. Hey, humans, we're part of nature too. Even though we don't think, even though we live in these concrete boxes made of metal as well. Uh we forget that we're connected with nature, we're part of nature. Let's just remember that, all right? Maybe Facebook will create a world government to go along with their world currency. It's going to be the Libra currency in the Libre world. And like, yeah, MasterCard and PayPal can tell us like what we can pollute and what we can't. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the best future. It's the best future I can imagine. Idyllic. Yeah, so we're going to end it on that. Peace and love, freaks. (laughs) We doubly fucked up on this episode, bro. We're adding one in the back now. Yeah, we added one in the front. Now we're hitting you with one on the back. Uh, we forgot to pump our node. We're yeah. we're very close to one percent of uh, the Lightning Network liquidity right now. Yeah. So our node is. Um, you can look us up on on one ml dot com by just searching stacking sets. I just hit refresh um, and we went up one in capacity. We went from forty fifth to forty fourth in capacity. But we're right not now. at one percent. We're at point ninety nine point zero. We're point nine nine zero percent. There you go. The routing node for the people by the people. It is being run by a fan of the pod somewhere at an undisclosed location. Yes. So the thief is actually a friend of the pod who's uh, who's helping us out. There you go. We're ready to fess up on that. And channels are still being reciprocated. If you send a channel that's 
over 1 million sats, since the price has gone up, over 1 million sats, it will be reciprocated. The limit is no longer 2 million. There you go. It's been lowered. It's been lowered. We're, we're getting close. We're getting close. Oh, and you can open a channel with the Lightning app if you download the Lightning app on your phone. Um, that's how you can open a channel easily now. Very easily. There you um, go. I if wonder it if it doesn't the, bug out. Uh, the next update. You I can wonder if it. they have us on their autopilot list. They should. Uh, I, I, I bet you we were in the beginning, but now because it runs through Tor, Tor yeah. it, it fucks up their availability metric, which they're probably, they're probably favoring clear net nodes. But hopefully, you know, it should be. We'll find out. Freaks, we're one basis point away. 0.01% away from 1%. Open your channels today. With, the, with our friend. Love you guys.